Time for us to discuss parenting. It is National Wills Week, in case you didn't know, and in case you don't have a will, it is the week where you are able to get assistance with drafting a will. Sometimes your bank can even offer that service. Um, some uh, firms, attorneys, uh, notaries are also offering that service as well. And so from a parenting perspective, we wanted to have a look at what do parents need to consider when planning a will for their kids, which is why I asked, have you had the this conversation with your children did your parents talk about estate planning with you and if they didn't how did that play out joined as always by our resident parenting and human potential expert nikki bush nikki a very good morning to you good to have you on the show Thank you, Gurg. So, uh, you know, this is quite a difficult topic, you know, thinking about planning for what happens when I'm no longer here, if something were to happen to me. And no parent wants to have that conversation, wants to think about it, even though, unfortunately, the reality is death is an inevitability. So a difficult topic, but an important one. Yes, Gurg, a very, very important one. And in fact... I was the uh, guest speaker at LeaderX this week, and uh, it was part of the Financial Planning Institute track. And I was speaking on the impact of death on families and finances. Mm -hmm. And it's a pretty hard-hitting message, and one that I know all too well because I lost my husband six years ago. So I talk about things like, how liquid are you? Have you made provision? Uh, do you have some cash handy should what I call a what if moment strike? And that could come in many different forms. It could be a dread disease diagnosis and you can no longer work. It could be death. It could be an accident, a disability. Uh, you know, there's so many different ways that it can actually play out. And really what I want to land with parents today is that you need to create peace of mind for yourself and your family. Because I've realized that many, many people do not have their affairs in order and it eats away at them and it chews up energy unnecessarily energy that you should be using to focus on your kids while you are alive mm. <laughs> and to focus on life at hand and you don't want to be going to bed at night with that pit in your stomach going oh you know and and girls, this applies to everybody i give talks across a wide range of audi a wide range of audiences including highly qualified doctors running their own medical pra medical practices and do you know how many of them come and say to me we haven't got wills we haven't got our affairs in order mm. and we're actually too scared to even try and so people put this on the back burner yes. and some of the key things that we need to think about especially if we have dependent children is that Firstly, have you chosen legal guardians for your children if they're under the age of 18 and something should happen to you in your will? Have you chosen legal guardians and have you even had the conversation before choosing them with those said people? You know, it's interesting. Sometimes people put in legal guardians and they haven't even had a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. That's not fair. Yeah. Because legal guardians will step in as a mum and dad figure and will need the resources 
to pay for school fees, school uniforms, food, clothing, medical care for your children. And we know that raising a child today is incredibly, incredibly expensive, let alone the onerous emotional um, you know, burden you are placing on someone to take care of your children if you're not there to do it. Yeah. And th- the last thing you want if you don't have a will is to die in testate, which means that you literally hand over all your assets to the state and the state will decide how your children will be cared for. Mm. And that is an invidious position to put your children in if you are no longer here. So those are two key things that, uh, you know, I really want people to think about. Have you chosen uh, people to look after your children? And do you have a will that determines how your money and your assets are going to be divided up and paid out in the event of you not being around. Mm. And I mean, we are speaking, you know, for instance, estate planning in the instance of, for instance, uh, if there is a death or, uh, uh, you know, if you get really sick, for instance, you're diagnosed with cancer. But COVID showed us about, you know, the importance of planning for, I mean, none of us could have imagined the impact of COVID where suddenly we were all confined to our homes. You could only leave to get essentials. But that was an example where parents would have needed, they would have needed to be some kind of cushion or fund where you know if you couldn't work i mean certainly there was that those first Mm. 21 days where we were on level five so no one was working um some people particularly if you worked in entertainment or arts and culture you only got back to work really um you know last year or maybe end of 2021 so even while you are living um there are instances some of which you can't even imagine as a parent that you need to be planning for Yes. So my message the other day and my message remains the same for every audience is that you need a combination of policies that will kick in in an emergency situation. So insurance policies, life insurance policies, disability cover, you know, those kinds of things. But that's not all you need. You also need to be putting money away. And we have a terrible savings culture in South Africa and we have high debt. You need to be putting money into investments that will grow. So wealth that will grow while you are at work. So we work for money, but we also need to learn how to make money work for us. So there are two things going on at any given time. You are working for money and money is working in the background in investments. And we tend to not think of these things because we think money is complicated. But it's not that complicated. If you just start uh, with a tax-free exchange-traded fund every single month, you can put away about 2,750 rand a month into a tax-free investment vehicle. Mm -hmm. So that's the starting point. And my financial advisor taught me after my husband's death the discipline of the debit order. You should be buying the share, not the handbag. If you if you can't afford the handbag, you should not be buying a Gucci handbag. You should be putting money into shares. And so we need to make sure that we have those two streams uh, going for us, work and investments, and we must have something like a life insurance policy. So let me tell you how my first year panned out 
after my husband's death because death is expensive. Mm-hmm. So my financial advisor came to visit me 36 hours after my husband's death to tell me the high level of where I found myself. We had cut back on premiums, our monthly premiums, because we'd been going through a tight spot financially, and I was not left a filthy rich widow. But I am very, very grateful that we did have life insurance policies on each other. And so two weeks after my husband's death, the life insurance policy paid out. Now, it is not a nice when you get money in your bank account, but your spouse has died. As much as it can give you a breather financially, it's not a fair trade. You get what Mm. I'm saying? Mm. It almost feels like guilt money. It's a weird, weird feeling. And I wanted to get that money out of my current account as quickly as possible because it just felt weird. Anyway, the upside of it was that I could take a breath and I knew I had some time to get back on my feet. So a private personal life insurance policy pays out very, very quickly. Funeral policies, if they are private funeral policies, will pay out quickly. My husband's funeral policy was part of group risk cover. So if you work for a big organization that has group, a group risk policy, Make sure you know what that group risk policy covers. In this case, it covered a funeral policy, but because it was part of group risk, it took six weeks to pay out, which meant I had to fund the funeral. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it also covered, obviously, pension. It covered medical aid, and it covered education. So there was an education extender policy that kicked in, but it took 11 months to pay out versus a private education policy that would kick in immediately. Mm -hmm. So group risk is a great thing, but it is very tough to administer and very slow to pay out. So if group risk is all you're relying on, you're going to wait a long time. Pension payouts take a long time because they go to a committee and the committee is going to ask you for documents you do not have, like vault copy birth certificates for your dependent children and an unabridged marriage certificate. Most people do not have these documents I did not have these documents and you are going to have to queue at home affairs and wait for documentation to come through. So that's going to probably delay the process by a good three months Mm. and then it goes to a committee who do a needs analysis. So even though you may be the sole beneficiary as the surviving spouse, you would think you would get all the pension money, but the committee sits and does a needs analysis on all your children and yourself and decides who needs what. And then they divide the pension accordingly. And you have to keep proving that your children were your spouse's children and your children are your children and they are the only children. Sure. This is a big process. Mm. So my husband's pension paid out about uh, 11 months later. 
Sure. Look how long you have to fund yourself for. Mm. And this is where I ask, how liquid are you? Are you living in debt? Do you have any cash reserves? Do you have cre- uh, credit insurance? Because if you're living to the nth degree on debt, the day you die, your credit card is due for payment. And if you're sitting with a couple of hundred thousand rands worth of debt, do you have credit card insurance or don't you? Mm. Because they are going to take that money very quickly. So things like um, gap cover, a very interesting policy. That gap cover policy is quite inexpensive and you think it's just for paying the shortfall on medical claims, but it's not. It will pay for accidental death. It will pay out for trauma counseling. Medical aid is great for trauma counseling, but they only cover about six sessions. And death is traumatic, whichever way it happens. Mm. And you're going to still need trauma counseling six, 12, 18, 24 months after the death, depending on how traumatic it, it has been. And you can claim on additional trauma counseling through that gap cover policy. And go and read the fine print on your gap cover. It is a brilliant, brilliant policy. So you need to look at what is going to kick in when in the event of disability, in the event of death. And just understand that all of these things take time to kick in. So you need to have some savings somewhere. In fact, a gentleman came to talk to me. He said he's put a whole lot of cash in his wife's um, money market account in the event of his death just to tide her over while the properties are sold, while the policies kick in. He says he does check every month that she's not touching the money. (laughs) For other reasons. For other reasons. And you know, it's tempting. But this is the reality check that I'm giving our listeners today. Mm. You are going to need some cash. (laughs) Where is that cash sitting? And I hope you're not touching that cash. And please make sure you are paying into A personal life insurance policy, you know, even if it just pays out a million or two rand, that gives you some breathing space for a year or two while you find your feet again. I had to go back to work because I was the sole breadwinner now and the single mum. And I wasn't left on top of a pile of cash. Mm. But at least there was a small life insurance policy that kicked in where I could go, okay, I've got a year or two, but I actually did go back to work after two months Mm. because work was also part of my sanity and it was the only normal feeling part of my life when everything else had blown up in my face. Mm. And so it also sounds, you know, when you are thinking about this planning, like you were saying, you're kind of, it's going to be a combination of things. So it will be, for instance, it will be a will. It will be, you know, that credit life insurance to cover your mortgage, the cost on your, uh, you know, if you have vehicle finance mm. to cover your credit card. It will be the medical aid and the gap cover because usually you get the gap mm-hmm. cover just, you know, if you are someone who already has medical cover. It will also be the pension, um, which can, you know, step in. Um, it will be, so it's going to be a combination 
of the, it's not just going to be one it's thing. A basket. But, but it's a yes. basket of goods and many people are just putting their money into policies. Yes. And one type of policy, like a funeral yes. cover, but then exactly. they don't have any other kind of cover. Correct. And then the other thing I want to say before we come to the end of our session is that you need a lot of documentation to be in order, in order to claim on policies, in order to get the pension payout, in order to prove who you are. And so our listeners can go to NikkiBush.com and go and get yourself a copy of my What If File Checklist. There is a checklist there of 43 items that you need to have in place for your affairs to be in order in order to make all of these claims. I thought I was pretty well prepared, but I wasn't. And so based on my claiming journey, I've put together a checklist. Go and purchase it. Go and download it. And then you will need to spend two full days, two full days gathering all your information, putting it in a proper file that you can keep on a shelf with a big what if on it so that your kids know or your, the legal guardians of your kids know where that file is. And uh, otherwise, you can keep it on your computer, but make sure somebody knows how to access your computer, knows what your password is, because it's not having proof of residence that is going to really get in the way of kickstarting the estate wrapping up process. So passwords are important and having a financial advisor who knows your family, who knows how to kickstart this process and do not, do not make a family member the executor of your will. It is the most onerous and arduous process that can take up to three to five years and it is messy, dirty work and it's better to pay somebody 3.5% of your estate mm. to handle the mess. Mm. And also just, you know, you were saying if it isn't a file, for instance, or it's on a computer and there's a password, it, it does sound as if parents also need to have quite a, a level of transparency with their children, especially if they're older, just to let them know this is where everything is. If you need, like you were saying, you needed, was it an unabridged marriage certificate? Yes. And this is, so this is where you find the unabridged marriage certificate. This is where you find the proof of your residence, your birth yes. certificates, which are unabridged. Yes. This is where you find all the information. And it is, again, parents having to have a conversation about if something happens, if this happens, this is where you go. This is your, this is kind of your, 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 your go to. Your it's your plan B. Every child needs to know what plan B is, whether it's you not being on time to collect them from school or you not being here at all. We all need to know what plan B is and what the next step would be. Uh, Marge asking, uh, Margie on, on WhatsApp asking, you know, do we have this in a book? Where can we find all of this information? Go to NikkiBush.com and just plug in what if file and it'll come up mm-hmm. just to help you kind of get your affairs in order and put your family in the best possible position for what if something happens yes it's a downloadable document so it will be emailed to you nikki as always great to have you on the show thank you so much for your time this morning 
Thank you, Gox. Take care. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much. That's our resident parenting and human potential expert, Nikki Bosch, talking about how to plan for uh, sometimes the inevitability or some of the things you, you can't even imagine uh, could happen. It is National Wills Week, and that's why we're having this conversation. And I asked whether you've had the conversation with your children, if you have children, about this is where to go, this is what you need to do if something were to happen, um, and whether your parents, if they are now late, if they had that conversation with you if that conversation wasn't had in your family and what was the impact you then see it kind of rip the family apart sometimes can alienate siblings from each other as everyone tries to figure out especially if there's money uh, some kind of inheritance involved it can be quite a difficult process and i'd like to hear your experiences with estate planning in your own families on 011 883 or 702 sms's on 31702